welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. everybody welcome to punch it writing in star trek my name is charlene schmidt and with me as always is tristan riddell happy episode 101 sir we are back at it again we're back and better than ever 101 episodes that is quite the feat if i do say so myself and uh we have something just fantastic in store for you today but before we get into that we have uh what do we have Char? Well, we've got a couple of housekeeping items. We want to give some uh, well-earned uh, love and acknowledgement to our listeners. First off, let's talk about a review we got from Legacy Trek Pod, because they wrote us a really nice review on iTunes. So I want to just read it out verbatim. We don't do this often, but I want to do that with this one. So the topic is Trek Fiction Writer's Room? Question mark. Yeah, that's essentially what this podcast has become. I love that. <laughs> and they say... Tristan and Shar are a great team going back to their To The Journey days. Their similar thoughts on a lot of matters make this such an entertaining show. Only criticism is that I get so caught up in their stories, I find myself wanting to see the finished product on screen. You know what? I gotta confess, sometimes me too. So thank you very much, guys, for writing that really nice review. We appreciate it. And if you out there have not written us a review and you want to do so, please do, because that helps us out probably better than anything in terms of helping other people find the show, tune in. And you know what? This is the nerd party. The more people in the party, the merrier. And also, if you are a listener who is outside of the U.S. and write us a review, sometimes we don't always get those right away or get those at all. Sometimes it slips through the system. We do subscribe to a service that does send us everything from every store, but sometimes that doesn't even work. So if you want to send us an email saying, hey, here is my review. Here's a screenshot. I'm from Poland. Uh, I would love for you to read it on air. That would be a huge help to us. You can do that by emailing us at thenerdparty.com slash contact, selecting punch it from the drop-down menu, fill out the form, it'll send us an email. But you can also find us online uh, with uh, with social media, Facebook, uh, with Twitter. Uh, you can find it find it all at thenerdparty.com. You can find me personally on Twitter at the insane Robin, And you can find me at oh, the Profanity. Now, speaking of email, we've gotten a lot of emails since our last episode, since episode 100. Oh, my and gosh. A lot <laughs> of the triple uh, yeah. digits. Oh, my gosh. We got a whole glut of emails and like to the point where I've barely just been able to read them, much less answer them personally. Absolutely. And so there, there's so many that we probably won't be able to answer each one personally, but we want to let you know that we are reading them. We are appreciative of them. And a lot of them have some really great ideas for the future. And yes. so you will most likely see some of those ideas pop up in the very rec in the very near future because uh, we're going to take those ideas and uh, and pawn them off as our own. I'm just kidding. No, we'll no, give you no, credit. No, 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 <laughs> no. No, no, we will give credit where it's due if and when we do use your ideas. And oh my gosh, yes, there's been some really good ones. So I'm super excited and hyped about that. If you've got an idea, please send it our way. We love it. We love it. We love it. We love it. Okay, all of that said, shall we get to the topic of the week? Shall we? Shall we? Let's shall. Okay. So this topic this week, you and I just came up with it like late last night. 
because sometimes that happens with us. We're just like, oh crap, what are we going to do? And yes. so with this one, I, I'm pretty proud of this one because we came up with the idea of, we're like, okay, let's do another what if scenario. You know, like, you know, transplanting captains have been something we've had a lot of fun in the past where we had Jane went Deep Space Nine, Cisco on Voyager, and Archer on the Enterprise D. And so we're like, you know, let's do something with Picard. But then we're like, what if we expand that a little bit more? And so let's take it to the movies instead of just a TV show. So here is our what if. What if the crew of the Enterprise D and Enterprise E was in the voyage home? Bam. This is going to be so much fun. Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, the movie that came out in 1986, the year I was born. <laughs> and it's it's like same kind of basic plot line. Of course, we'll tweak stuff and move stuff around. It's, I shouldn't say plot line. I should say premise. The same kind of premise. Yeah, uh, yeah because we still have to save the whales. Wait, what? We still have to save the whales. Do we? Do we have to save the whales? Oh, See, that's what well, I'm talking about. Okay, so I guess we're going to get into it. <laughs> so okay so here is the brief description of the movie if, if you're listening to this show you know the storyline of voyage home but here it is on memory alpha admiral james t kirk is prepared to take the consequences for rescuing spock and stealing and then losing starship enterprise but a new danger has put earth itself in jeopardy kirk and his crew must travel back in time in an old klingon bird of prey to right an ancient wrong in the hopes of saving earth and the federation from certain Doom. Dun, dun, dun. So we all know the story. They're in a bird of prey. They're from Vulcan going back to Earth. Uh, a probe is there trying to figure out what's going on. They're, they're, they're asking a whale call, and they don't know that it's a whale call. And things are going crazy on Earth. Energy is shutting down. Satellites are falling out of the sky. Weather is going crazy. And so Kirk is just like, well, <laughs> I know what to do. Let's slingshot around the sun, baby. And <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> and so because Spock is just like, they're, they're trying to figure out where the humpback wa whales went. So let's go back in time. They do. Uh, they get some humpbacks and make it back to the 23rd century with humpbacks in tow. The humpbacks uh, answer the call to the probe and then all's well in the world again. There More you go. That's the movie. Yes. So now Picard and company are maybe going to save the whales. I maybe. see. I, I've been thinking about this and I thought, well, if there's any one thing that we have to keep, it's this whole idea where they're going to go back in time and save the whales. But to just even think about the very beginning, getting them back there and why they're going back is going to have to be different than Kirk and Co. Because for one thing, Picard and company are not on Vulcan because they didn't mm -hmm. have to revive uh, Data. <laughs> the allegory to Spock. They right. don't have a captured Klingon bird of prey. They've got the Enterprise. How is this going to break down? We've got to figure this out. See, this, yeah, this is the thing. So let's go ahead and start because this yeah. is all on the fly. If we haven't mentioned yet, we have not talked about this yet. We don't have any ideas coming to the table. It's really just here's the premise. Let's write it, yep. you know, slash talk it. about it in front of the audience live. So, Shar. Let's let's figure it out. How do we morph this to the TNG crew? Because you just mentioned it. They're not on Vulcan. They don't have a bird of prey. And is it the whales that they need to save? Because if they do go back in time, do they need a ship with a cloaking device? Like, do we keep it that stringent? Like, do we mm. do we keep the whales? Do we keep the cloaking device? I think we I think we might. I think that's 
Otherwise, it's not really the voyage home, is it? Exactly. That's kind of where I'm coming from is I think for the structure, we have to have the end goal the same. They have to save the whales. They've got to go back in time. They've got to bring George and Gracie back and tell this probe where to go, what to go do with itself, as McCoy said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the logistics of why this crew and what, you know, how we kind of get them there and back, that's going to all have to be very different. Also, the interactions, we're going to have to figure out who's pairing up with who on 20th century Earth and that sort of thing, but we'll get there. So, yeah, this is going to be a little different, but I think we have to have certain frameworks in place just to get us started. Otherwise, it's not Star Trek Four. It's not. I think one thing that we have to do with this is that we have to respect where where everything fits in and I hate to say this, but in canon, you know, like we have to say, like, do we ignore that first contact happened from a marketing standpoint? Because we're just like, oh, my God, another TNG time travel movie. Like it's not needed <laughs> because they had first contact. So uh -huh. I feel like we kind of need to say, like, this exists in itself. Like this movie, it, it exists in itself, but then it doesn't exist in itself. I know that doesn't make sense. It's I'm having like, an existential crisis just thinking about it. What? I, okay, let me explain myself. So don't take us so literally here because if we say like, oh yeah, they go back in time to save the whales, people are going to go, oh, but you know, they already went back in time in First Contact and there was a lot of similarities between First Contact and Voyage Home with the time travel and with them trying to blend in. And, and so, and it would be very repetitive from a marketing standpoint, from a franchise standpoint to do this. And so we kind of have to say like, okay, like first con let's say first contact hasn't happened yet maybe say that it never happens like maybe like if we set the timeline between like maybe this is post star trek generations okay that's and what i was thinking maybe we do this where either first contact hasn't happened or this replaces first contact yes there we go let's just do that let like this okay. like so so the voyage home never happened and first contact hasn't happened yet or never yet. will happen yeah but in the, t okay, in the so, timeline it's post generations yeah okay so timeline wise this actually makes some sense in terms of helping us figure out the logistics because the e is like okay let's say that they're out there doing the shakedown cruise that's why they're not necessarily being affected by everything on earth as the probe mm -hmm. comes close and is shutting everything down and that's why they are the hope to make this happen but they are just close enough to go slingshot around the sun or however we're going to end up doing this <laughs> so i think one thing like one way that we could do it is you know like first contact use this as a method to get wharf on the ship let's use the same method by getting the defiant in there so that way we get wharf into the movie and we have a cloaking device oh bingo so they're not on the e they're on the defiant Yes, like somehow oh. we need to get them from the E to the Defiant. Ooh, the Defiant and, gets a movie. I'm excited. And the yeah, and the Defiant is the thing that slingshots around the sun. I dig. I totally dig. And maybe there's some weird scientific explanation where because it's a smaller ship, its momentum is better suited. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, we're on the Defiant. So we're on the Defiant, but we got to figure out why is like we we can't leave anybody behind. You no. know, like, so no, how the hell do we go. do this? 
Well, we managed to get Worf on board, and that's one of the TNG movie goals, is no matter how you make it happen, it's got to happen. So that's done. Mm -hmm. And they're on the Defiant. Has something happened to the E where they have to transfer over? Or is it just a matter of, nah, the Defiant's better suited for this mission. Let's just all go aboard that. I think what we could do is, like, they need to be going to Earth. They need to be going to Earth for something. And, okay, so the Enterprise-E is the most advanced starship in the fleet at this time. Yeah. And they've been in they've been in shakedown for a, they've been in shakedown for about a year. And so I see you squirming, but let me finish for a second. <laughs> um they've been in shakedown for about a year. So what if they're doing something that is like the the Enterprise E is doing something that only the Enterprise E can do. Like it's mapping some sort of terrain or it's doing some sort of of um of humanitarian aid that only this advanced starship can do. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? Like the command crew, the bridge crew needs to be on earth for this certain kind of ceremony, but the E has to stay in this sector. And that's when, um, you know, like some fleet admiral comes on the screen, like Picard's like, we can't do that. I, I can't take my whole bridge crew off of the E that's insane. Yeah. And, um, and the admiral says like, you need to get here because of X, Y, and Z. He's like, well, how are we going to get here? Like, what are we going to do? Like, we can't all fit in the captain's yacht. And they're like, well, we have someone who you may recognize uh, picking you up. Hmm. And That's a thought. Here's another thought is what if this is at a point where the E isn't even ready yet? And then paralleling to Star Trek IV, the reveal of the E at the very end. They get to be taken <sighs> to their ship. She's ready to go now. We have the end scene on the bridge. Let's see what she's got. That's so much better. That's so much better. Okay. <laughs> That's so why I was squirming. It's, it's it's post okay, so post generations. Maybe they're okay, so it's post generations. The E hasn't been finished yet. So they're yeah. on their way to go pick it up. Yeah, and so and, Worf is like they're all kind of getting together to eventually get on their way to the E. So maybe they're meeting on Deep Space Nine or something. It's been maybe about a year. Hey everybody, it's nice to see you again. It's been, you know, they've been off doing random things here and they're taking some leave, what have you. And so they've reunited and then Worf says, Hey, I'm taking you on the Defiant over to Utopia Planitia myself to reveal yeah. the E. There you go. That's it. That's it. Like Worf Bam. pulled some strings, begged Cisco, please let me take this crew home. So that they can pick up the E. He got a bag. No. Cisco's going to say, of course, honor your former crew in this fashion. And by the way, you can take the Defiant out for a spin. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Now, but we do not have any other Deep Space Nine personnel on the Defiant. No, because the Defiant is a smaller ship. And so with the crew of the E on board, they're just going to man it themselves. Well, I think oh no oh, let, let me rephrase that. I think they do no, they they definitely need crew. Like you need crew to run the Defiant. And so we'll have lieutenants, we'll have ensigns and everything like that. I'm saying oh, okay. like we're not gonna we're not gonna have Terry Farrell. We're oh, we're no, not no, gonna no. have not a visitor, you know, like anything right. like that. Like yeah, Michael Dorn sorry. is the only recognizable face. That's all that I meant. Even on a movie budget, like th at this point, they're probably still busy filming DS9, so they're busy. We can't give them a cameo. The budget just can't mm -hmm. afford all of them. And if we can't do all of them, well, then we're not doing hardly any at all except for Worf. So darn. Right. So there you go. <laughs> and so, okay, so yeah, that's so how we do it. Is Lieutenant J there? This is important. Uh, yes. And she's, and we, like we do every single time we include Lieutenant J, like someone turns to her. And say, like, Lieutenant Jay, what do you think? And right when she's about to speak, like, an alarm goes off. And Data goes, like, <laughs> Captain! <laughs> Poor Tracy Coco. 
<laughs> just just can't ever get that line in. Arr. Okay, so that's cool. And so they are on their way. But then meanwhile, here comes the probe. Starts decimating the earth and evaporating the oceans. Where the hell are the whales? And mm-hmm. as they're approaching, they see, uh, oh, what in the world? We get the message from the earth president. Do not approach earth. We're going to die. This sucks. Farewell. <laughs> Fade off into the ether. And of course, Picard is saying, we've got to do something. Yeah. What, can, what, what can we do here? So Data probably gets to work and analyzes the transmission. What is this sound? They figure out it's whales. Whales are extinct. Holy crap, what do we do? Who's going to suggest that we have to go back in time and bring back a couple of whales? This crazy, crazy idea. So oh, so, so Picard is the leader, of course, and says, like, what do we do? Data says, "These, this is the situation with the whales. Um, I, I want to say, because I love him so much, but I'm so predictable, I would love Riker to be the gung-ho ones. It's like, well, let's go to a time. When there was a uh, some whales. <laughs> oh, and then maybe Jordy chimes in and says, you know, that's not an impossible idea. He throws together a quick PowerPoint and says, here is how we can slingshot around the sun and actually make this happen. And they could say like, you know, like another Enterprise crew did this before. Right. You could have a nice little callback saying, look, this technique is not widely used, but it's possible. Here's how we can do it. Here's... That, you know, the Defiant has a cloaking device which will nicely mask us from the primitives of the era. And yeah. yeah. So they say, and so then Riker, again, everybody's sort of just thinking, well, that sounds insane. But Riker, meanwhile, let's go. Let's do <laughs> yeah. this. Let's actually do like, this. And maybe, like, maybe Picard says, I see no other alternative. We have to mm-hmm. go. We have to mm-hmm. save Earth. And so off they I, do it. But of course, like he he's more hesitant than Kirk would have been. Like he's just like, oh, yeah. it's like we can't pollute the timeline. And then like maybe Riker's the one or or somebody, I don't know, who is just like who's just like, no, 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 no. We have a cloaking device. We just need a few humpback whales. We're not gonna change the course of history. It's totally <laughs> cool. Nothing's gonna happen. We'll try and be as discreet as possible, stay away from people. We'll just pick up the whales and get the heck out. Of course that's yeah. not going to happen. Of course it's right. not. But they're right, going we all know in that. with good intentions. I feel like Picard. Yeah, I think Picard would need a lot of convincing. And ultimately, I even we need to move that. Like we need this story to happen. We need this movie. This this movie to happen. But I don't think Picard would do it. I don't think. I think he would kind of throw <laughs> throw it down and say like, no, that's not an option, and they'd figure out something else. But this is this is our movie, so we're going to make Picard do it. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking that Riker will be the one to push him into doing it. Because Riker is sort of the allegory to James James Kirk. I mean, he's more of yeah, the Kirk personality. The... So a lot of the things that I think Kirk does in Star Trek IV, Riker is going to pick up that mantle instead of Picard. Because I was thinking Ooh. about this last night. I cannot envision Picard saying, double dumbass on you. Okay. All right. So, okay. Let's get into that portion. So <laughs> Let's they, do it. So they, they slingshot around the sun. Uh, the Defiant can take it because of the extra cool shielding that it has to fight the Borg. And they're there. We get that weird dream sequence of the floating heads and the person diving in the water. Oh, do we have and to do that? Yes, I mean, shut up. It's brilliant. Well, I guess if you're doing shrooms, sure. 
<laughs> I I loved that little bit as a kid. I my little mind was blown. I was just like, oh my god! And then like still watching can't it, can't figure that thing out, man. Watching it for the second time, you're just like, no, it's quotes from the future of the movie. <laughs> like, you know, Someday it was just trippy, like, though. <laughs> I was totally that target audience. Um, so they're there. It's San Francisco. They're like, oh my god, you know, cloak. And 1986. Yeah, it's uh, okay. Oh, wait. Are we making it 1986? I feel like we need to make it today. I think it needs to be 2019. Really? You think so? Why do we need to make that change? Just because this be- is now present day? I think it's present day. Like, I, I think it's whatever. Whenever you go back in time in a movie like this, like, they didn't, like, this came out in 1986 and so they went back in time to 1986. Like, it's not like it came out in 1986 and they went back in time to 1975. You know? uh, okay, okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. So I so maybe not like not twenty nineteen, but just like the just the turn of the century. So like when first contact came out, whenever that was, I can't remember. Oh, it was ninety six. Oh my gosh, was it really that early? Yeah. Yeah, it was before oh my the God, turn you're of the right. century. It was 96. So, I mean, oh, let's just say it's generally present day. We don't have to put a year on it. But yeah. I mean honestly, the truth is as much as things have changed since nineteen eighty six, a lot of things have not. Man, and 86 to 96, that's only 10 years difference. Holy crap. So not yeah. much has changed. So it doesn't really, you're right. It doesn't really matter. Like whatever present day is. It's like when Top Gun came out in 1986 and it just said present day. It's not present day. It's 30 years ago. And but, I think, honestly, yeah. we're going to see that it's present day. And there's still the pollution content in the atmosphere. People are still using money. There's still pizza parlors and Michelob beer. A lot of the things that are going to stand out as relics of the time, no different. No different. I I think it's really just like more cell phones and computers hanging around and everything like that. <laughs> that police officer, instead of nuclear vessels, is just going to be a guy playing Candy Crush on his phone. Yeah. Uh, okay. So pairings. What the hell do we do? So right. We keep the the hidden alien thing with Worf. So instead of Spock putting his headband around his head, Worf puts on a big ass snow cap or something. <laughs> <laughs> he puts on a beanie or something. To yeah, cover like up his he looks ridges. like a hipster. Mm, oh, hey, he could be pretty fashionable in that route. Another thought is data. Here, okay, here's the thing. Like goth. The, the, the pair, the goth. Oh my god. Okay, so in the, uh, in the, in the movie, in the original movie, you have Kirk and Spock. That's one yep. pairing. You have Chekhov and Uhura. Hmm? You have Bones and Scotty. And, and Sulu. And Sulu. Yeah, Bones, Scotty, and Sulu. And. I'm not forgetting anybody, right? That's it. Chekhov. Did we say Chekhov? Yeah, Chekhov. He kind of has his own hospital adventure, which we may have to get into. Uh, Is that it? I think that's it. Okay. So so we might might have to jumble around. Here's the thing is that I know, like like you said, like Picard has to be the protagonist. But can he be the Kirk of the situation? And yeah. I mean, just I by sheer like, virtue of Picard, he's going to handle this differently. I think what would happen, and we this is part of the movie, this is part of the podcasting experience about like transplanting this. Like, Data is obviously the is the most logical choice for a Spock stand-in, but I want to go a different route because I'm so freaking sick of the Picard Data pairing in the movies. Word. I I think Riker would take the Kirk spot. Mm-hmm. And Picard would take the Spock part. Oh, playing the straight man, essentially. 
Yeah, I think Riker would be like, a, I can totally fit in. I can do this. Like, let me handle it, Jean-Luc. I, you know, like, I know more about this time. I can fit in. And Picard's just like beside himself, just like, what is going on here? Like with these backwards apes, you know, like what is the deal? <laughs> so it's less of confusion and more of disbelief. Okay. From the Spock right. character. So then Picard says, yeah, you take the lead here. Take the lead. Like he makes Deal all with the formal decisions, but Riker's the one who's just like, you know, like oh, you know, like I, I love Italian, <laughs> you know, like yeah. the, like that. And so do and, you. Yes. 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 Number one. <laughs> I love it. Now, so then, is yeah. Riker going to be kind of the one dealing with Doctor Taylor? Because that yes. seems natural yes. to me. He's going to yes. the pizza parlor. He's tasting beer. He's the one communicating, and you know, okay, yeah, yeah. And so with this being, uh, let, let's just go straight to the scene where they're about to, you know, and they're, they're in the truck, they're heading to Golden Gate Park or what have you, and uh, they're dropping Picard off because Riker wants to actually go on a date with this lady. I think, I think he wants to. This is how I think it differs. I think Riker does want to. He's like, I'll take it from here. And Picard's like, uh, no, uh, I'm going with you on this date. Like he tries to drop <laughs> him off. And Picard's like, no, this is happening, number one. Okay, all right, the three of us are going to have this conversation. <laughs> uh, the third wheel. I mean, okay, how and is this going to shake down? This is awkward. And we have that scene, though, where Picard is, like, of course, the awkwardly the third wheel, where Riker's just like, you got to finesse it. You got to be like, hey, listen, you're like, uh, it's good for you. It's good for me. It's good for them. And Picard, <laughs> like, you know, but Picard is the one who just wants to get down to the point. Where like, you know, Riker's just like, let's get a beer, let's get a pizza. And Picard's like, no, listen, we have a job to do here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it. And yet it's still so incredibly awkward of having a very difficult time envisioning this. Like, we don't need to get food, number one. We have replicators. Well, that that's the thing is that like, it's going to be awkward and that's part of the fun. Okay, and it, and mean, that's also what would make it different from the Voyager. All right, all right. I'm just trying to figure out, I guess, in my head while we're doing this, which is a horrible idea how we're writing the comedic lines and making the timing work so that it actually is a good scene. But okay, yeah. Picard is the horrible third wheel. Riker hates every moment of it. And yet he's still trying to finesse Dr. Taylor because she's cute. And um, so, yeah. So with, I think we have to cut out, obviously the mind meld scene with the whales. Um, uh, yeah, Picard can't do that. Can't do that. So we kind of just have to infer that George and Gracie would be totally down for it. Um, <laughs> they're digging I it. think I think they would dig it and um, so what ki- like I think what kicks them out like what kicks them out of it like maybe they try to uh, like maybe Riker and Picard are breaking into the offices like try to figure out like w- when they're going to be released if they're going to be released um, or like that's how they find out that uh, Gracie's pregnant is they like they break into the computer or yeah. something okay how about this Picard does something potentially out of character he breaks into dr taylor's office uh, like yeah. he goes off the tour to steal a page out of future's end and starts ransacking her office looking at her notes and what have you in her computer sees that they just confirm that gracie is pregnant and he says perfect and yeah. then yeah like maybe somebody he's he's maybe talking to somebody uh via his communicator saying Yes, this is it. We've got a lock on what we need to do here. Somebody overhears him, recognizes him in the office. Hey, what are you doing in here? And then maybe 
the tour is starting to go by Dr. Taylor's office at this point, and Dr. Taylor gets wind of, oh, somebody's in my office, my door is open, what the hell? Because she's got to say that. And then, excuse yeah. me, what are you doing? And there's a security <laughs> officer, and there's Picard, and then Riker has to try and smooth over the situation, and they end up getting right. kicked out. Right. Works for there me. There you go. I think that I think that works. It's simple. It's to the point. The same thing. The same consequences happen. And so she's driving along, you know, the um, yeah. The, they're walking near the back. coast, and they're walking back, and that's when all that happens. Yeah. So, okay. Cool. So let's go to the other people because the rest kind of plays out how it needs to. Yeah. All right. So we um, need to figure out: uh, is the dilithium damaged after the slingshot? Because that's a big part of the transparent aluminum subplot. Okay, we need to before we can go into the pairing. Actually, no, let's talk about the pairing and then we'll go into the whole transparent aluminum solution because there's some things we need to discuss. Okay. So, let's break off the No, I'm sorry. I totally just washed over exactly what you just said. You're absolutely right. We like in order to pair everything, we got to figure out what the problem is. Jeez, I apologize. It's um, okay. So, with that in mind, great point, Char. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be somewhat the same, right? Because I agree. And maybe this is why people are not constantly going back in time is because it does damage to dilithium. You are risking not being able to go back. Now, the whole thing that they did in 1986 was there's the fission and the fusion type of thing where they had to get photons mm-hmm. and collect them from a nuclear vessel. Well, we could still potentially do that. I'm wondering if... What if we, <laughs> what if we, okay, with, what What if we turn it into cold fusion instead of um, nuclear fission? Yeah. Or so, what if we're just, well, I guess I'm thinking a different thing here with the transparent aluminum. Sorry, because technically don't we have the ability now to make transparent aluminum or transparent aluminum? Like replicate it and everything like that? Um. Well, we can actually produce it in today's day and age, right? Whereas in 1986, it was just a theoretical possibility, and Scotty gives Dr. Nichols the information on how to do it. Well, I think, like, today, like, the con... I, I, I don't know if it's actually in mass production yet. Like, I think it's still in concept-based, isn't it? Or am I completely well, wrong? Well, yeah, I don't know how much it's actually being done, but I think... It's beyond theory to where we're actually capable of doing it. But maybe, maybe Jordy shows somebody, here's how you can do it en masse or something yeah. like that so that they can have the whale tank. Because I don't know, the replicator can't make it that big or something. Something like that, yeah. Like we just, we don't have the ability on the Defiant. And so I think, yeah. I, so like with what I was saying earlier, like I think with the, because we could totally tech the tech this and nobody would care because if you have the ability to recrystallize dilithium in the 24th century, which I think they were alluding to in, in Voyage Home, I think we need to say something is wrong with the dilithium, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You know, like that's all it is. It's just like techno babble. And so we need to get some sort of obscene energy source in order to, in order to recrystallize or tech the tech with it. Right. So I think that's that's taken care of. So that does that. I'm thinking instead of going on to a military vessel, vessel. Um, <laughs> what if we go to a college campus, and so they 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 find the person who's the foremost authority on cold fusion, okay. and they're like, this guy has all the elements together. He has everything that we need. He just doesn't know how they work together. So we're going to go to his office and 
and get some of that stuff and steal it. Uh-huh. It's because we know how to put it together. And then everything ensues. And then like maybe they're chased by campus security or something like that. And then like <laughs> somebody somebody falls off a building at Berkeley. Right. I don't know. So um, who is going to kind of be taking the place of whom here? Because I guess if you're going by job title, Jordy is going to replace Scotty. Um, I, th- I think so, yeah. Let's see. And so Gates McFadden would replace Bones. Yep, of course, because she's got to be the good doctor. Now for Sulu. Uh, we don't really have a Sulu. No, we really kind you know, in of TNG. don't. Would it be Worf? Um, who's going to end up having the fall and going to the hospital? Is it going to be Worf or is it going to be Troy? It can't be Worf because he's an alien. Yeah, he'd get found and, out way too quick. And so it can't it's got to be, be Deanna. Troy. It can't no? be Deanna for the same reason. She's half Betty Zed, and we but don't she know looks how. Human, it it doesn't but matter. If, but no, no, like they could do a scan, or they could like do an X ray. We don't know if like we don't know the innards of the of the Betazoids. And also, I don't want because Troy is a woman. I don't want her to be the one that's incapacitated and helpless and has to be rescued. You don't want her to be the damsel in distress, basically. Honestly. Basically, well, I mean, yes, I see your point, but I honestly still think she is the best choice because we need to give her something to do in this movie. Well, there is a lot of focus on Troy. You're right. But like, because there was, like, Nimoy said that because uh, Chekhov had nothing to do in the search for Spock, that that's why they wrote such a big part for him in The Voyage uh-huh. Home. Now, granted, she has a little bit to do in Generations, but she's not a massive part of it either. And I'm just trying to think how, what else is she going to be doing in this movie? I kind of feel like this scene logically goes to her. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, okay. it's okay. I, I'm willing to I mean, concede. <laughs> I'm, I I'm totally honestly, willing to concede that. Yeah, I feel honestly like Marina Sirtis, she's really good with comedic moments. This should go I to think, her. I think what, what needs to happen then is I think we need to switch things up. Let's have it be Jordy and Troy going to the college campus, getting the materials because okay. that's very physical. You know, Jordy would know what, what is needed. And then yeah. send Data and Beverly and and Worf to get the transport and aluminum. And they just they just keep saying that Data is an albino from Alaska, which is like, which would be like <laughs> a callback to an earlier episode. Sure. And maybe they've done a little bit of makeup work on him to make him just to look a little more human. Put some yeah. makeup on him and introduce him to the fine art of that. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because Worf, I think, would be the one to like fly the helicopter or something like that. And and Beverly and Data would be the ones, you know, conning this guy for a transport aluminum and everything like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's an um, interesting trio because none of them is particularly a smooth talker. Beverly is going to be a little too sarcastic about it. Data is going to be too straightforward about it. Worf is going to be abrasive at times. Well, Worf was never in that conversation. It's like, true. War- I think what we could do is like because this is like this is post emotion chip data. Like, what if Beverly says like he she pep talks him and says like, okay, you know how you know you've been doing more plays and you've been exploring more method acting. Just imagine this as a method acting experience, and you're Ooh. putting on a role. And so data is crazy different. He's just a completely different person. Like he's, right. he's oh. flamboyant. He's, you know, like he's over the top. He's yeah. a salesman, you know. 
Yes. Yeah, so you kind of have almost like that Scotty outburst of, you don't even remember. I've come millions of miles, thousands, Be- thousands. Yeah. 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 Stuff like that. And like Beverly, Beverly is the to, one who has to reel them in. Yeah. 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 Okay. Not so much. Take it down about 5,000 levels here. But then maybe he balances out. And that's a good comedic moment for Spiner. So that's great. That's yes. good. Now, <laughs> does Data have the hello computer moment? <laughs> I don't think so because he's much more knowledgeable of, I think he has that encyclopedic knowledge. So he knows how, how things it. work and what they were. And oh, and, but then we can just jump straight to the sequence where he's typing so fast that Dr. Nichols can't even see what he's doing. Right, right, right. Because like Scotty almost got to that point where he was like typing so crazy fast. So I think that's yeah. his hello computer moment where Beverly's like, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has to whisper that into his ear. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. So then he takes it down to only 120 words a minute. Right. And so... And it takes um, the computer, like you get this, you see the spinny wheel for a good 10 seconds trying to deal with this glut of information it's been fed. And then bam. Right. And so, like, Beverly kind of goes to, to Data and says, like, do we, like, we're kind of altering the timeline here. And Data says, well, they discovered that this was possible a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. We're just kind of helping them along. Right. Yeah. How do we know he didn't invent the thing? <laughs> yeah, that's his That's his version of that. Sure. And so, that and works. Worf gets the helicopter. And so, like, we see that happen where maybe he negotiates a little too strongly, <laughs> you know. <laughs> With force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but here's a big question that I'm sure a lot of our listeners have been screaming in their heads. The Defiant is not built for a huge tank with whales. Yes, this is a smaller vessel. So what are we going to do about the whale tank? What gets sacrificed so that they can actually install the whale tank? I think that's our thing is that like we basically gut. We have to gut the Defiant. Yep. Where it is, like, there is nothing inside it except the bare, bare, like, the engine and the bridge. <laughs> and the bridge and then a giant whale tank. And they incinerate everything else. <laughs> Even then, I don't know if it's big enough for whales. I'm, it's going to have to be barely big enough. We're going to have to call it at that because then otherwise, this does not work. It really doesn't. We can't and, rebuild like, the ship. Like, I'm trying right now. Like, I'm trying to look up... Um, like size comparisons, like online, like I'm trying to see like how big was the bird of prey compared to the defiant. Uh-huh. And like, I'm, I'm totally, I'm trying to do this live and I'm just blanking. Like I can't yeah, no, find it. Don't worry too much about it. We have to have a little bit of suspension of disbelief here where the defiant is going to be so barely adequate, but that also okay. will help explain like this massive burden of weight suddenly on this little ship, that's going to add to the suspense of getting home where, ooh, this might not work now. Our weight is completely different. Yeah, like, can we do this? And Especially with the engines already compromised, this is going to add an extra burden on them. And even though they've done a little bit of the dilithium recrystallizing, is it going to be enough? They have to try. They have no choice, but they don't know if they're going to make it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that like, this is going to be tight. This is going to be crazy. Yeah. Like, this might not work. And I think yes. actually, I'm, I there is some okay comparisons. I think a bird of prey mixed in with the defiant. I think it's comparable. It may yeah. not have as big of a belly, 
Um, but I think we can stretch it for the imagination. Okay. Fair enough. Also, I'm thinking in this moment when they're heading back, Picard is just about as close to uh, having to uh, make a, uh, a change of pants, if you will, that we've ever seen. We've, we're seeing him so completely out of his element in this movie. He's so scared. Not knowing if this is going, because everything has been so completely out of control. Mm-hmm. He hates it. He mm-hmm. hates it. He hates it. Yeah, he's very much outside of his comfort zone. And like when they're about to lift off, like I would love to see his version of scared where like yeah. like it like his version for normal people would be look completely calm. But like Riker knows him so well where oh. he's just like he's like do you think we're going to make this and Picard looks at Riker and says like honestly number 1 I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he's really trying to have that kind of coolest steel on the outside but on the inside, we know that he's shaking more than we've ever seen him before. It's in his eyes. It's in his mannerisms, his body language. So we need to write the hospital scene just a little bit. Like who goes Agreed. to rescue? Is it, is it, is it, I, I think it has to be. It's got to be Beverly. Um, yeah, it's got to be better. Beverly, obviously you're, you're absolutely right. Um, but who, but who went, else? Like who went in the movie? It was, it was it Kirk. Was Kirk and Bone. Dr. Was Taylor. It just Kirk and... That's right. It was okay. It was. It was. It was okay. So, so it was it's Kirk, Riker, Dr. Taylor, and Taylor Bone. So Riker, and Beverly. Beverly, like good. Picard's we just give like, Beverly something to do. There you go. Like Beverly has a little bit more to do. So pretty much the only person who's in the back burner is Worf, but he yeah. he made his choice when he left the sh- the, the ship and <laughs> went to Deep Space Nine. But he also gets that nice introduction in the very beginning where he's going to be escorting them. It's not like we're completely taking the spotlight away from him. It's just he's not going to shine as much as the others, perhaps. And I think there needs to be a moment, like skipping ahead a little bit. So like the scene plays out almost exactly the same where it's it's Riker, Dr. Taylor, um, Beverly, and Troy getting out. That's a fun pairing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I think like when they actually make it, same things happens with the transporter and the hugging and everything like that. I think there needs to be a moment where um, like Worf goes to Picard and says like, sir, would you please give us the honor of, of, of sending us home? Even though it's Worf, technically Worf's ship, Worf oh. gives Picard the captain's chair. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that's out of picard's element is he's not actually in command of this ship i completely forgotten about that he like i think at the time he's not necessarily in command of the ship but he's definitely in command of the crew sure but yeah you're right i mean maybe he takes a step toward the chair and realizes this isn't mine mr wharf and then wharf comes back and says no sir please please give the honor now does this moment happen i think this moment might need to happen before they do the time jump instead of before they do the first time jump mm. instead of before they you do the second so? time jump. Just because, because this is Captain Picard? Yes, I think Worf, we need to hand the movie to Picard because we're taking him away from the Kirk role. We're taking him out of the captain's chair. And if this is one of your first experiences with Star Trek, I think the movie needs to be handed over to him to let, let us know, yes, he is the protagonist here. You are absolutely right. So let's bump that way before they're doing the first jump. Totally agreed. Uh, and that way, yes, Picard is, he is a hero somewhat, even though he has so many things out of his element. He is still 
the captain. He is also the senior most ranking officer aboard this ship right now. So right. Worf will point that out. Mm-hmm. So that all happens. They get the transport in aluminum. They get, they build it. Everything's good. They got the cold fusion parts and they do it in a way where it doesn't affect the timeline too much, um, where they <laughs> steal just what they need, but stuff that's easily replaceable. Sure. They just went there for convenience. They're just like, okay, well, like we'd have to go to this place of the country, this place of the world in order to get these parts, but they're all located at this one location right now. He'll be up and running again in a week, but we need him right now. That kind of thing. Right, right. Cool. Um, so that's all working out. That's all working out. I'm sure that some people are like, what about the transporter? Shut up. Just, uh, shh, shh. Quiet. So I think then like it, it just the movie just kind of plays out. They make it. They yeah. drop off the the whales. They do. Uh, they I do, do save I don't think they Earth? crash land the Defiant. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see it going under the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, I th- let let's say okay no let's say the transport is down. They have to do a water landing. Let's introduce that. Okay, okay, that's cool. So they're afloat, but yeah, okay, that that makes and, a little more sense. And so with that, so like they're afloat, like they do a water landing. Apparently, this is something that ships can do. Um, yeah. Why not? Hell, if 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 they can show us in Into Darkness that the Enterprise can go underwater, <laughs> right. we can imagine that the Defiant, the Defiant sure as heck can can yes. land on top of it. Yeah. So that way we can keep the whole thing where Picard like has to swim outside of the ship uh-huh. in order to open up the bay unlock doors. the tank. Sure, yeah. and, and then he gets to be Picard's the hero. Moment. Right. Yeah. Right. That is yep, Pic- that is not Riker's moment. That's Picard's moment. Yeah. Now here is what everybody is saying right now. Why don't you have Data do it? Because he doesn't need to breathe. Hmm. And they're right. But Picard or, needs to be the hero. Yes, he needs to be the hero. And like maybe even Data even says, is like, it's like, Captain, I can be used as a flotation device. I let me do this. Like I need to do this. And like I maybe maybe Picard is in another part of the ship. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Like Picard is in a different part of the ship. Like he has access to the outward hatch. Maybe Data doesn't at that point, and it, something needs to happen quickly. He said he's like, I so, can't wait for Data. I gotta go right now. Picard is closer. He says, No, get out of the ship. I got. I will take care of this. Right. Right. So and like ignoring Riker, ignoring Troy. You know, he's just like yeah. he's like no. I, yeah. Maybe to balance this out, what if we have Data following orders? Picard does save the day, but. Data at the very end picks up Picard. You know, he's kind of got his back. Like, he did go after him after a fashion. He's not saving Picard, but he's okay. just kind of reminding him, hey, I've got you. I Okay, I like that. Where, like, he actually does, like, say, like Picard saves the whales. Yes. But then, Picard, but then Data goes and gets Picard just in case. I like that. Yeah, like yeah. That. And then that way, I think maybe everybody is as happy as they're going to be with that moment. I think so, but it needs to happen. This still needs to be Picard's movie. Agreed. Okay, so final thing, because we already talked about revealing the E, and it's going to be beautiful. Now, with Kirk, we have the whole ceremony of demoting him, giving him command of a starship again. We don't need to do this with Picard. There is no trial. Picard doesn't need to answer for any actions, correct? So do we just skip this? I feel like we might have to, but at the same time, I love this moment. Like, maybe it's just a decoration ceremony. Oh, okay. Um, you know, where they're just like, this was going to be 
like this was just going to be your maiden voyage ceremony, but this is also our way of thanking you, the Earth thanking you. Or maybe there is some hot water because they altered the timeline Ooh. without permission. Ooh, okay. So does it gotta get, give him a little chip on the shoulder there? Something like that. But obviously, we can't demote Picard. No, and he you still know. gets the ship, of course. He still gets the ship, so eh, maybe that's unnecessary. Maybe the maybe the whole slapping on the wrist thing is unnecessary, and it's just a a, a commendation ceremony. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, because also we totally skipped over the intro where the Klingon ambassador is saying, "There shall be no peace as long as Kirk lives." Yeah, that's completely washed over with, you know, like why they're on Deep Space Nine. Sure. Sure. So yeah, coronation ceremony, applause, hooray, they saved the day, Earth is good now, reveal Mm -hmm. the E, we've got ourselves a movie. That's the movie, there you go, folks. Bam! Oh, this was so much fun, we ought to do this with another one. This was a lot of fun, and uh, like we could do something like, what if the Deep Space Nine crew was in a TNG movie, or what if the Voyager crew was in a a TOS movie, you know, like, or, you know, hell, like, what if, um, you know, what if the Enterprise crew was in a Kelvin movie, you know, like that kind of thing. There's so many (laughs) different ways that we can do this. There's a lot to play with here, and it, I, I tell you what, people seem to really like our what ifs, and so here's another thread that we can put in to the mix. And if you guys have any suggestions on what our next what if could be, knowing that we're branching outside of the individual and going to the crew, let us let know us what know. you think. We, we talked about it at the top of the show. Go to the nerdparty.com slash contact. Find us on social media. All of that business. And this was a lot of fun. We hope that you guys had a lot of fun. But next week, we're going to continue to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.